Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast where you watch a randomly selected horror movie every week. I'm Bob. I'm Ben. Hey, Ben. Hello. Oh, how are you? I'm all right. You look a little sunburnt. A little Probably tan. a little sunburnt. I was in Florida before this recording session. Like Lit- yeah, today. literally. <laughs> I just got that. Uh, it's uh, 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. A little bit of a weird schedule. You know, nothing nothing bad could have happened today. No, it's better than our normal schedules, though. It, you know, is it? Happy accidents, right? We got to record early. <laughs> happy for <laughs> that, I guess. You know, I'm just kind of thinking about this. This is probably the second time we've had a, a car accident right before recording an episode. Yeah. The first one was your car. Yeah. This one was my car. Yeah. <laughs> At least your car survived. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, my legs are so sore. Bob crashed on the highway. Well, maybe, yeah. maybe should have gone to the hospital, but he was like, "I don't have time for that." Well, it's not that I didn't want to go. Well, okay, it is that I didn't want to go to the hospital, but also like I got out of my car and walked. Like I'm fine. My legs are just sore. I mean, fair enough, but like, like they're probably bruised. But like other than that, especially after an accident, just for safety's sake, you should usually go to a hospital. Yeah, because for a lot of people. Said. Uh, when you're in a car accident, your adrenaline pumps up like a shit ton, mm-hmm. and you think you're fine. And you can think you're fine for a long time, like 30 minutes, an hour, something like that. And then there'll be this moment where your adrenaline clears out of your system, and you go, oh, no, I'm not fine. And when you're at that point, it can already be, like, internal bleeding, stuff like that. Um, so they tell you to go out, go to the hospital. Now, in your case, I'm sure you're probably actually fine yeah i mean it's like, been like actually almost 12 hours at this point yeah i'm uh, big probably children. like six or eight so not almost 12 but you're probably actually fine but it is a thing for next time yeah because people will go and they'll be like they'll walk off from like getting hit by a car it's like totally fine you know what's crazy but then they get to the hospital and they're like oh your kidneys they're fucked <laughs> didn't even hit anybody didn't even like crash into nobody hit the side of the how we by myself. Well, only person injured is me. Yeah, but that wasn't really your fault. No, it wasn't. I'm not going to explain it on the podcast because no one really gives a shit. But it's just like, this is ridiculous. I will tell the funny fact of, so you know, my car is sitting partway in the side of the highway. Do you want me to explain that? Bob got cut off. Yeah. And he had to slam on his brakes and his car swerved. Yeah, so I crashed it. It's fine. Whatever. I have insurance. They'll pay me some money. I'll buy a new car. It's also, my car is peached anyway. I kind of need a new one. I had to replace a lot of stuff on it. My car is sitting kind of in the like highway, right? And very clearly, I'm standing there, and I can't turn the blinkers on because as soon as I crashed it, everything shut off. It's completely dead. Like, will not move. Motor's fucked. Dude hits my car! Takes his own mirror off on, my, on the side of my car and then throws his hands up and looks at me like I'm stupid. I'm like, you're the idiot that just hit a car that wasn't moving. Idiot. Drove away. No, no repercussion to that, except the guy was pissed. Both people responsible for Bob's car damage drove away, which means two people committed a crime. Yep. Pretty miserable. But I didn't get the guy who cut me off his license plate number. So, And I asked the cop, and she was like, oh, nothing will happen. I went, okay. Yeah, they can't do anything. Yeah, she was like, you want me to file a report? And I went, well, what will happen? She went, nothing. Your insurance rates will go up. That's yeah. why you should have a dash cam. Yep. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Just like for future reference. Yeah. Uh, it's really good for catching things like license plates. Or if like this is very likely to happen at some point. If you're like at an intersection, and you drive through a green light, and someone runs a red and slams into you, really handy to have like a little thing that goes look it was a green light when i went yeah not my fault fair enough 
Anyway, yeah. Off the car crash topic. All right, uh, we're gonna do Friday the Thirteenth, uh, Part Three. Part Three. Yeah. Three. Ooh. We're almost as far into ha- Friday the Thirteenth as we are into Halloween. And it's been we're a much better experience, right? Um. Well, I guess at this point we're only in Halloween one and two. Which but I I'm gonna say I might like those films more than. Well, actually, hold on. I like Halloween two more than I like Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. That's fair. But I don't know if I like Halloween. Well, that's tough because I like both those films a lot. That Halloween is objectively probably a better film, though. I think that's probably true. But Friday the 13th Part 2, or Part... Oh, God damn it. Friday the 13th is really fun and really good. But I think that's mostly because of like the side effect of having never seen it before and watching it for the first time. That's fair. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see, see what you think the second, third, fourth time. Still good. Still hits. No, for Friday the 13th. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> not Halloween. We're yeah. not talking about Halloween. I'm actually curious, like... I know you. I don't know if you've told me this before. Do you have a favorite Friday the Thirteenth film? Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, see, <laughs> it's a long enough franchise where I can go. It's my favorite Friday the Thirteenth film for uh, being a good movie. What's my favorite for like kills? And mm. what's my favorite for just being like bad? <laughs> so bad is good, kind of stuff. Okay. Okay. I guess I'm more was asking like. If you have a favorite, when we get to it, will you let me know? Because I'm curious. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think it's a pretty generic favorite. Oh. Okay. Like, I think it's a lot of people's probably favorite. Fair enough. I mean, I know a lot of people have a favorite Halloween film, and it's probably one. Probably the first one, Probably the first one, yeah. Mine's two, but you know, whatever. Or the second one, but it's objectively not as good. No, and I'm okay with that. All right, but let's let's get started. Um, We're not yet into the... The subtitle kind of thing. Oh, so it's still era. just so Friday it's just, 13 Part 3? That's, yeah, that's just its name. Okay. I'm curious when we're going to get to those because I know the only... I don't actually know any of them, I don't think. None of them? I don't think I know any of them. Oh, actually, there's one... Isn't there one called New Blood? I'm not going to tell you if there is. I think, that, I think that is one of them. That might be... I think that's really late, though. I think that might be like 9 or something. There's Freddy vs. Jason. I've seen that. <laughs> Are we going to watch that? But that's just this? the name of that movie. Like, are we going to watch that throughout this? Uh, so that's an interesting question, and I guess we can address that now. I don't know. Okay. Because, like, it... Okay. Is it the best thing ever? No. No, but it's but so fun. it's a crossover before, like, big Hollywood crossovers existed. Did it, does it predate AVP? I, I want to say so. But that's it, crazy. It might not. Because I remember cause AVP being, like, the big one. But, I mean, we, we could both be wrong. I don't remember. Cause right, Freddy vs. Jason was 2003. Oh, damn, really? I didn't realize it was that like early. I thought it was later than that. I thought it was like 2008 or something. And But I guess my point is like it predates like the Marvel Cinematic Universe and oh, stuff, which yeah, yeah, yeah. made that a big deal in the modern day. It's why I don't know if you remember watching anything that was like crossover stuff when we were kids was like a super big deal because mm-hmm. it was older than all that stuff. Alien vs. Predator was 2004. So damn. it does predate it. But also, like, Alien vs. Predator was, A, as far as I'm concerned, but it, it, at the very least to me, was never as big of a deal. Really? Because, not to get into this too much for you, because you have no basis in either mm-hmm. Alien or Predator. I've seen Alien. But those were always in the same universe? Oh, okay, that's Kinda. cool. Kinda. I mean, A, there was, um, first of all, comics, right? So there's mm. a ton of comics for Alien and Predator stuff. Not really any of them are canon anymore but damn a lot of them are really cool and there was crossover events a lot in those 
Actually, same thing with like Freddy and Jason, and a couple other slasher villains. That's pretty awesome. Um, just because they were so big, that of course they got slash uh, crossover stuff between the slasher guys. But the Alien and Predator ones, they were a lot more like implied to exist in the same universe because there was um some cameo stuff, mm. like okay. background cameo stuff in um some of the early Predator movies. That's pretty cool. That just kind of went, hey, this is in the same universe. And so basically, from very early on in those franchises, it was kind of like a, a fan kind of knowledge thing where it was like, it wasn't explicitly confirmed, but everyone was like, yeah. That's kind of awesome, honestly. Versus like Freddy and Jason where it's like, why not? It'd be cool to see them together, it but would, like, it is cool. there's no explicit kind of proof in the same way. I think that movie is the epitome of a movie not being good, but being really cool. Right. Anyways. I guess what the thing I was trying to get on is, like, it's not, like, the best movie ever. And um, I think a part of that is they couldn't decide on a script for a long time for Freddy versus Jason. Mm, okay. Like, it, it was such a big deal that it was hard to go, what story should we follow for this movie? I see. And, you know, long story short, the one they do settle on kind of takes stuff from, like, where both series were at at that time. Oh, that's like actually pretty the cool. setup for, like, where these characters are at. Oh, so we could, like, sandwich it between a bunch of stuff, like, as, like, an extra thing. But we haven't seen Nightmare, though, so do we save it? I meant point being is, like, you kind of need the background knowledge for, like, where it is in the Friday the 13th timeline to watch it. Mm -hmm. And you also kind of need the background knowledge for where it is at in the Nightmare franchise. Yeah. So to answer when we're going to watch it, I don't know. Because, like, we could watch it where it is in the Friday franchise Mm -hmm. uh, chronologically. Or we could watch it where it is in the Nightmare franchise whenever we get to that chronologically. Yeah. I think we could watch it when we get to its point in the Friday series Mm -hmm. and not have any problems. Sure. Because I think it's totally fine there. But we could also just wait. So I think we'll just decide when we come up to it. Okay. I was just curious because, like, I hadn't even thought about putting that even on the list. Because, like, there's 12 of these fucking movies. Yeah. Why not do 13? Yeah. Uh, currently, though, I'm leaning towards we might as just well watch it. Okay. I'm ex- I mean, I've seen it, so I know what happens. I mean, it's, you know. Whatever. Yeah, I mean. It's fun. My thing is you've seen it. I'm, you don't remember it, really. I remember sure. parts of it, but not. I, I mean, I watched well. it when I was, like, 14. Yeah, not well, I'm assuming. But I'm of the opinion we just watch it when we get to it. Yeah, for Friday the Thirteenth, um, because like the stuff you need to know for from the Nightmare franchise is like bare minimum, mm. and it can mostly just be like. Whatever. I've also seen the first one of that. Yeah, so but I think I got I'm a good not, premise here. I'm not well, yeah, the premise, but I'm more referring to stuff that happens in like four or five. Oh my god, it's really that late. Yeah, it's super late in both franchises. It came out in two thousand three. Yeah, but I, well, oh yeah, wasn't the last Friday the Thirteenth film like two thousand nine? I think so, yeah. That's so weird that one hasn't come out in that long. Well, there's been distribution and yeah. all that stuff problems. All right, let's 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 start this. Okay, you ready for the description? Yeah. Jason's back, and this time, it's 3D. <laughs> no way, this movie was like released in 3D? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. It did like a Jaws 3D thing? That's kind of yeah. ridiculous. Uh, which, it's part of the reason why I think there's that whole like, common idea where like the third movie and horror franchises or like big franchises is 3d because this one is 
And if you look at some of the posters, even though this is Friday the 13th Part 3, on a lot of the posters, it's Friday the 13th Part 3. And then underneath that, really big 3D! Yeah, that's fucking ridiculous. So even though that th- this exists before, like, epithets for the series, I always think of it as Friday the 13th Part 3D. That's ridiculous. I... I I like I get why 3D exists. It's a cool like gimmick thing. I don't want to watch films in 3D like almost ever. Yeah. The only thing I watch in 3D, and you're gonna shit on me, Transformers. That is like the only thing I watch in 3D. You're a shit lord, Bob. I know you're like the biggest fan of Transformers ever. <laughs> it's not true. Specifically the Michael Bay franchise. Those are the, you know he I doesn't don't like, like the TV show or anything or actually any of the, the TV show. The comics are pretty okay. I like the TV show a lot. He though. just likes the movies and very specifically the Michael Bay ones. I hate you. <laughs> no, um, yeah, 3D stuff's a little rough sometimes. Cause like, let's be honest, it's a gimmick technology. <sighs> yeah. Um, just like Smellovision. That one's and funny. The only difference is that like 3D is the gimmick technology that has caught on multiple times mm-hmm. and has managed to stay, uh, in like the cultural zeitgeist. And the reason is it's kind of simple and it works. Cause it's cool, but more importantly. It's you're able to pull it off like as a creator and as like a distributor kind of easily. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that there was a little 3D boom 1982 when this film came out. They but, were pumping these bitches out. Yeah, I think it's like 16 months after the last one, which is much, much longer than the, the last the ten one months that we had before. Yeah, but I'm still like, holy shit. Really? Yeah. You they have... did 81, 80, no, 80, 81 and 82. Yeah. Holy crap. Do you see now why there might have been a slasher burnout eventually? Yeah. Because keep in mind, it's not just this franchise. It was like, I mean, Halloween. Halloween was happening, yeah. Nightmare, stuff like that. And like, at the same time, a bunch of slasher clones and all that stuff. That's crazy. Anyways, there was a a little 3D boom again in the 80s. Because there was better technology, right? Because the first one happened way, way, way back in the day. Like a bunch of old Hammer films (laughs) you could watch in 3D. Uh, and well, that just sounds awesome. Even earlier than that, there was like super early 3D, but it was it was much harder to do. But long story short, there was some really good 3D techniques that were uh, pioneered right around this time. And <laughs> Friday the 13th Part Three was like, we're gonna we're gonna hop on that craze. You better tell me you have 3D glasses in your backpack. So no, we don't. Watch this movie. In I'm 3D. sorry. <laughs> I've actually never seen this movie in 3D. Don't they? S- I swear to God, they sell like. Movies that you can buy with the 3D glasses, you can watch it with 3D they do. at home. So when I buy this, the Blu-ray of this, I'm going to buy the blue 3D version. So I don't know if it'll come with it. But basically, Blu-ray at this time period uh, was the red-blue one. Yeah. Where you have the shitty glasses on. It has, like, the thin pieces of plastic for the lenses. And one's red and one's blue. Uh-huh. And when the colors combine through both of your eyes, it's 3D. It's also vaguely red and blue. Right. Yeah. Which is was a very cheap option, and it's why uh, 3D caught on at this time period. Um, but it's also shittier than what we use nowadays, which yeah. doesn't fuck with the colors. Like the real D 3D glasses? Yeah. Anyways, I, I do want to have this discussion now, though, about 3D stuff, because it's going to be kind of the big thing you need to know about this movie. Mm. Like, I'm telling you right now, I don't really have a lot to talk about regarding this film, except for the 3D thing, because it's, it's really the big takeaway. Anyways, point being, this film was made to be in 3D. Mm. And it's also shot in 1980 when 3D cameras were super, super finicky. And so I just want to let you know right now, and for anyone who's 
listening to this and hasn't seen the movie, that like what that means is this film, more than anything else, like horror, suspense, cinematography, is built around being in 3D. And so while there's some like really effective 3D images, like they pop out, you know, whoa, there also there's some effects of that. Hmm. <laughs> God, okay. So you know. I mean, that's how I think 3D films have to be. You mm-hmm. know, when you're, you're when you're making a film around 3D, you go, hey, I'm going to take advantage of this. And that means that affects, like, cinematography, storyboarding, everything, which is understandable. But it it's also makes a film that's especially goofy mm-hmm. when you watch it without 3D. Yeah. Um, because none of those effects work, and you're just left with a... People thornched at the camera. A clunky film, essentially. Yeah. I mean, I think the best 3D only happens nowadays because it's been so normalized. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's, like, just enhancing the experience and it's not a part of it. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think you've seen this yet, but Avatar 2, Way of Water. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? No. Has some great 3D. Not on anything, like, that you'd think, but I saw it in IMAX 3D when it came out. And I think the best thing for the 3D glasses was the particle effects in the water. Oh, that's really because, cool. Because, like, super little... It's not egregious at all, but it's just like floating around you, and I think that's 3D edited. That's best. pretty cool. Not its most obvious, and therefore you're not really taking advantage of the technology in the same way that like this film will, which mm. is cool, kind of. I mean, but it makes for a bad film critically, I guess. Sure. I mean, the reason I like Transformers movies in 3D is because they're stupid fun, and you just get shit thrown at you from Transformers. It's awesome. I mean, fair enough. You you know what my go to for like 3D films are. Mm. For, like, films that are shot in 3D and whenever I'm like, this is a film that's made for 3D and it works in 3D, Spy Kids. Mm. You ever watch Spy Kids when we were little? I watched Spy Kids, but I didn't watch it in 3D ever. When they were in theaters, it was, like, a lot of them were those red-blue Oh, yeah. Glasses. I remember that. Very over-the-top 3D. But it was like, that's that's how you want to see a quote-unquote 3D film is yeah. made for 3D. Even if it does have some problems <laughs> for doing that. All right. Long discussion, but I think it is very important because, like, that's what this film is. Yeah, I didn't actually know this was—I had no idea, honestly. And it makes the film both good and bad because, like, bad because, you know, mm. there's some issues, but good because yeah. so bad it's good, <laughs> especially when you're watching it in no 3D. Okay. 2D. All right. It's an hour and 35 minutes long. Oh, wait, I think it's—is this the longest one? I don't think so, but I can double check if you want. I almost—I swear the other two were, like, shorter than this. Part two was an hour and 27 minutes. I thought so. I thought they were, like, an hour 25. And the original one was an hour and 35. Oh, okay, so it's—okay, back to normal. I guess just part two is what I was remembering. All right, it's rated R. Good. Review scores. IMDb gave it a 5.6 out of 10. Okay. Tomato Meter gave it a 7%. Oh, my God. And an audience score of 42%. Holy shit. Seven? Yeah. I thought you were going to say 7D, first no, of all. Seven. I was surprised when you finished and went 7. Nope, just just 7. No zero at the end. Wow. From the okay. critics. It only has two nominations, and I want you to both I want you to know that both of them are like just for Blu-ray stuff. Really? Yeah. Oh. And I think it was like 2005 and 2014. I don't know why, but I have a a vague memory of people like people that whose opinions I respect saying this is their favorite Friday the 13th film. Probably not for, like, good reasons, mm. but for, like... Because, like, the 3D stuff, when you're not watching it in 3D, just looks goofy and not... That's not good, but it's... Funny. It's funny because it's bad. Okay. Okay. That's what I'll say about this Maybe film. Maybe we'll it's, do a 3D rewatch at some point. 
Yeah. Have you seen this in 3D? You said you haven't. I said right? I haven't. We should watch this in 3D. I will buy a 3D, like, because I know they definitely TV? sell. You can buy a 3D TV. Oh, I know they definitely sell, like, uh, like a 3D version of the movie that comes with the glasses. They have to. The Blu-ray uh, might still have the option to watch it in, like, red-blue 3D. But I have to that's buy the glasses. that's a pretty cheap thing, but you just buy the glasses. Yeah. They're, like, a dollar. And okay. it might come with them if it has that option. I know usually back in the day DVDs would come with them if they had a 3D DVD. I just had a really awesome idea. I'm going to pitch it to you right now. It's for the board. It's not even for the, this series Is at it all. 3D? 3D movie category, and we watch all of the movies in 3D. Ugh. We can watch Jaws 3D. Ugh. We can watch this. I don't know. We've already seen Piranha this. 3D. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You haven't seen any of those movies, have uh, you? No, I haven't. I'm oh. going to watch this one, though. Oh, well, that, that'll that maybe turn you off, this idea. Okay. If it I remember, like I'll fun. ask you that same idea if, if you think it's still good. Okay. Especially because this is, like, I'm. it's not early 3D, but I'm going to just say it's early 3D. It's 80s 3D. Yeah. It's got a distinct feel for what it does to movies, and I'm not sure if you're going to like it. We'll see. Anyways, notable actors. Uh, and once again, I'm not going to tell you uh, the Jason actor, so you Ooh, can I have to guess. guess. Donna Kimmel as Chris. She played Sally McQuaid in Lone Wolf McQuaid. Paul Kratka as Rick played Uncle Dave in Blood Was Everywhere. Good movie name. Tracy Savage as Debbie played Christy Kennedy from Little House on the Prairie. Never seen her. Uh, she was on 10 episodes from 1974 to 75. Uh, Jeffrey Rogers as Andy played Bob in Surf 2. I don't know that one. I didn't even know there was a Surf 1. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Catherine Parks as Vera. She played Tina, Beto's girl, and Weekend at Bernie's. I haven't seen that either. I've heard it's a very good film. Larry Zerner as Shelly. They played Shelly, the Death House prop man and Death House. Uh, David Cadams as Chuck. Played Pig's Eye from Otherworld. There was a, they were only on one episode in 1985. Rachel Howard as Chili. They played Marilyn in Deep Space. Nick Savage as Ali played pickpocket James Logan from Hill Street Blues. They were on 12 episodes from 1981 to 84. Gloria Charles as Fox played Astrid in Brewster's Millions. Uh, Kevin O'Brien as Loco played Chass in Warlock. Cherry Moggins as Edna. Uh, they were an actress from Dallas. They're, they're, they, their role was actress. Ah, on the okay. TV show Dallas. Okay. Uh, and they were only on one episode in 1983. Steve Suskind as Harold. He voiced. This is the first one you're going to know. Floor manager in Monsters, Inc. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, exactly. He did some voice acting uh, near the end of his career. That's pretty cool. Love that movie. And then uh, finally, don't know this guy now, but you'll know this guy eventually. Okay. David Wiley uh, as Abel. And he played Judge Carter. In society. Oh, oh, I hate it. I hate it. All Bob knows about that film uh, is when we were first discussing horror. I was like, Bob, do you like body horror? And he was like, no. And I was like, wow, look at this. One of my least favorite things. I showed him a picture from society, and uh, it was great. No. I don't. Look, uh, you want me to throw up? Let's watch that movie. I know. I'm so excited. I'm not. We haven't had a good throw up yet. We had we one in audition, and it was lame. <laughs> It was gross. Mostly it because was. it was for like the least vomitable no, thing ever. It was uh, disgusting. Oh, look, I'm I've 
I'm gonna be honest. I really I've gained an iron stomach from this podcast. Like I can't believe I didn't throw up during Day of the Dead. I came really, really, really close. I can't believe you didn't throw up at Terrifier Two. I almost passed out. That's different. <laughs> no, that he didn't throw up, which is was weird. So fun. I just I think part of the reason is I never remembered to get you to eat before we watched the really bad movies. No, I also we usually eat between episodes. Yeah, which is which means if the second episode is bad. Which means you just need to plan around us eating between episodes. I know. I also don't necessarily want you to vomit because I don't want to record through vomit. But oh. I do think it's funny. All right. Director Steve Miner. He also directed oh, Warlock. Yeah. Warlock, huh? Warlock. And also the second movie. <laughs> yeah. Writers are Martin Kitrosser. He has done like a lot of script supervising and stuff, you know, rather than just like straight up screenplay writing. Okay, uh, but he did uh, script and continuity department on Kill Bill Volume One. I haven't seen any of those. Isn't that Quentin Tarantino? Yeah, haven't seen any of those films. I've heard they're pretty okay. Well, Kill Bill Volume One is the first one. Yeah, the other writer is Carol Watson. Uh, she did Meatballs Part Two. Why does that sound familiar? Because Meatballs is a famous movie. Okay, Meatballs Part Two is not. Ah, that probably fair enough. That makes right? sense. Yep. Budget is estimated at two point three million. Okay. Uh, with the box office of thirty six point six nine. God, these movies made so much money. Yeah, that's they, w- they uh, were the first Friday the Thirteenth movies. That's so crazy to me. I mean, it shouldn't be. And not that it's crazy, but it's just like the franchise had to be so popular that it got twelve sequels over yeah. what forty years now. But really, thirty because the last yeah, one was two thousand nine. I want to make 13 more. And think about that popularity and what that must have been right at the beginning. Yeah. And they managed to get on it really, really quickly. It's like just back to back to back. I don't know. I, I guess we haven't really watched a big franchise like this, so I'm just not used to sequels having so much staying power and doing so well in the box office. Well, staying power is a separate thing, I guess. Sure. the franchise has staying power. The sequels usually don't. Yeah, but they do have, like, bigger box office stuff. Yeah, it's just weird to me because, like, you know, we're getting to the end of Halloween. Or not the end, but we got to, like, Halloween 4 and 5, and the box office almost wasn't crazy. No. So I'm just sitting here like, we're on fucking Friday the 13th Part 3, and they're still making fuckloads of money. I mean, it helps that they, they hopped on the crazy train and they kept going. Sure. Um, It also helps that Friday the 13th was, our, like, always a bigger franchise than Halloween. Because yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think at the end of the day, I and we've discussed this when doing Halloween episodes, but like Michael Myers is just a lot less personable. Mm. And I obviously don't mean like definitionally personable, but he's a lot less of a character. Yeah. And so it's hard to make a franchise around him and latch onto him as like an audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jason is just so iconic. But Jason is much more easily able to be like latched onto. Yeah. And because of that, he's much more easier to like support a franchise with. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's why like um what is it? Uh Nightmare does so well is because Freddy is just so he has a big personality and you can like him. Yeah. Um even though he sucks technically, you know. I still like him though. Yeah, for now. I've only seen the first one, but like <laughs> for I love now Freddy you like him. him so much. Maybe he'll wear you out eventually. Maybe. All right, country of origin United States. Tagline a new dimension in terror. <laughs> God damn it. God damn Pretty it. Pretty great. Oh, uh, my God. All right. 
right, so fun facts. My first one was, it's 3D. Thanks. But we already had that conversation about how, like, that's just, I, I'm just, uh, I had to prep you, Bob, because. <laughs> you know you know what? I'm going to be honest. I'm. It makes me more excited. I'm, like, genuinely really excited to watch this one. Because, I like, guess. it's going to be, it's going to be fucking goofy. Uh, yeah. And that but it wasn't me. intended to be goofy. That's fine. It doesn't have to be intentional. I know. I'm just saying, goofy. like, it's kind of nice because I know you're going to go into the film going like, oh, this is going to be goofy. I'm going to have a fun time. But imagine watching this being like, serious. Yeah. Serious review. But yeah, if you come off of two, which is like, you know, an actual like slasher film. It's very classic. Yeah. Very, not serious, but like it has its campy moments. But you know. And then you go the into campy gimmicky film. Yep. Yep. It's, Especially. It's whiplash. The extra camp from not watching it in 3D. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Next one. And I, I think this is just the funniest thing ever. Okay. It was the first film to remove E.T., uh, the extraterrestrial, from the number one box office spot. <laughs> this movie, I've never seen E.T. I've heard it's very good. And it became the second highest grossing horror film in 1982 behind God, Poltergeist. Damn. Oh, Polter- I Poltergeist! Let's watch Poltergeist. <laughs> no. Okay. You're never allowed to see it. Isn't, oh my God, sorry to go on a Poltergeist, not rant. Isn't the guy from Return of the Living Dead in Poltergeist? Am I wrong? Yes. Okay. You know how wrong. you know that? I've told you that on that episode. Yep. I just that's the reason I, I want to watch it because I love him. Frank. Frank. Yeah. I want to watch Poltergeist. I love Frank. I it's just, they're so good. Frank and Freddie are so good. They're so good. Anyway, I just think that's very funny because like it's obviously like kind of a shitty sequel, right? It's the shitty gimmicky prequel. Yeah, sure. And like we are all aware of that as a modern audience, but it's so interesting to go like way back in 1982. This was, like, huge. People were excited about this. Second highest grossing film of that year. Yeah. Well, horror film. Knocked E.T. off of number one at the box office. And that movie is fucking massive. People love E.T. Isn't that Steven Spielberg? Yeah. Like, that's a, that's a Spielberg film. Come on. In the 80s? Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, I it had already been in that spot for a while. So it was going to get knocked off eventually. But Sure. But the fact that this knocked it off is crazy. The first film to do so, yeah. Anyways, and then my, my last fact before we get into this. And this might might actually make you sad that this is the first like a Friday the Thirteenth film, uh, to not be shot like, in the East Coast. Oh. Um. Instead, it was shot in, the Lucette, uh, movie ranch and Saugus, California. So. Huh. That means instead of having like actual location stuff, we're gonna have like fake movie set stuff now. Oh. So you kind of lose like that. that charm. Yeah. Well, it <sighs> suck it up. That's we had to do that now because we're in 3D. Yeah, I don't that, know. That's that that annoying. is directly an effect of being this like a 3D movie. Really? Yeah, because the cameras were finicky. Oh, you couldn't like haul them out to New York. They were on big. A they were heavy. Campground. Uh, they. We'll we'll talk about the effects 3D had on this one at York, the end. New Jersey. Why not see um, New York? But like you, oh, sleep they had to film on uh on a lot. Yeah. Damn. Okay. All right, we're gonna go watch this movie though. Yeah, we'll uh we'll be back in a minute. Hi everybody, welcome back. We just finished watching Friday the 13th, part 3, 3D. No, just part 3. Okay, I, look, I was I was you, throwing the 3D on there yeah, just Yeah, but for it's fun. not a part of it. And also, we didn't watch it in 3D. We should've. No. Would've helped. Mm, yeah, but I don't think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you can't tell, Ben's very... Uh, 
low energy on this one. I'm a little tired. Uh, but also on the 3D thing, like, while this film was intended to be watched in 3D, I do think it is appropriate to watch it in 2D because, A, that's how most people are going to see it. But also the downside of, like, 3D films is that, while they might have been intended to watch in 3D in the theaters, for rewatch, it's understood that you're going to have to watch them in 2D. So, yeah. It's a, sure. It's, I think it's important to be critical about them when the training wheels are off, which is the 3D, right? Yeah. Because they should be able to support themselves both as a 3D movie and as not. And uh, we'll discuss that in a bit. Anyways, I'm just going to start with the little description here. So spoilers for the film, and obviously spoilers for any film that comes before it. I don't think we'll have to mention anything really from the previous films. I think so. Except for the simple fact that this film starts with like a recap of the last film very specifically the last five ten minutes so if you're worried about that being spoiled for you make sure you go watch the last film all right so right after the recap there's a cold open at this little food mart and then after that we actually get to the main part of the movie which is following like a couple of kids they're riding in this van so yeah they go into this cabin in the woods you know go figure and um I guess it's Chris's cabin because, like, you know, she it's unclear if she used to live there or if it's a vacation home. I think it's like a vacation place. You'd think so because it's not, like, super nice. Yeah. But it almost seems like she might have used to live there. Maybe. Because, like, her and another character, Rick, who was already at the house when they arrived, they it's implied that they used to have, like, a fling going. Yeah, they kind of had a thing. It seemed kind of serious, and it's hard for me to tell if it was like just like a we come here every summer and you're my summer boyfriend kind of thing, or if it was I used to kind of live around here and we've known each other for a long time and we also dated. Yeah, I mean, Rick has a whole thing where he's like, I haven't seen you in months or whatever, blah, 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 blah. I think it's since like last summer. Yeah, it's been a while. Anyways, all these characters are at this cabin in the woods, and uh, go figure, Jason is still trolling. He's prowling. And then he starts killing. Because, spoiler for the last movie, this takes place the day after mm-hmm. the end of the last film. Like, immediately following. And he has, you know, left the location of the end scene of the last film, which was Camp Crystal Lake adjacent. Mm-hmm. And walked to the barn that's attached to this cabin. Yep. So, yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's pretty bog standard, really. As yeah, far as stuff honestly. happening. Okay, on that note, we're we're actually going to discuss the film. Um, as always, again, spoilers, and we'll have a spoiler section to talk about some specific things, but we'll get to that in a little bit. All right, straight off the bat, the first thing I want to talk about is 3D in this film. Because, like, to be honest, and I, I think you said this during the movie, this movie is super generic, essentially. Yeah. Like, it is, like, you got kind of all the slasher tropes from Halloween already. But you've seen the f- the first and the second film in this franchise, so you kind of got the formula in your head already. Mm-hmm. And this film just does that formula, like yep. how you expect. You know, people go to a location. It's a bunch of kids. We get our characters introduced. One of them is very clearly the final girl, mm-hmm. and one of them is very clearly, like, the romantic lead. They go off separate from everyone else. Everyone starts dying one by one. Yeah. They come back. Final girl circuit. The end, right? Pretty generic stuff. Um, Although I think it's fairly well executed. Yeah. Like, there's nothing 
about the film uh, as far as like structure and stuff like that that I'm like that was bad. There's also nothing I was like that was great. Yeah, this is one of those films where, and I mean, we've run into a few on the podcast. It does everything you want it to do to a decent level to a point where it's like this is just like it's fine. Like it does everything you want it to do. In fact, it might do it well. Yeah, but it's not interesting because we've seen two other films almost exactly like it right before it. Yeah. So it's pretty mid, to be honest. Right. And so, like, the big thing you take away from this is all the 3D stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is egregious. It's everywhere. It is everywhere. And Bob didn't even, I think, notice most of it. But I, I'm pretty good at it. And even then, I only pointed out half of it because I was like, I don't want to sit here and go, 3D, 3D, 3D. I did it a lot, though. I just <laughs> a went, lot of the that's 3D. It's been going, whoa, 3D. Just, oh, no, it's coming <laughs> right for me because it's everywhere. Basically, any pole-shaped object sticks oh out of God. the camera. Anything that could move slightly towards frame, it's egregiously moving to the frame. Yep. Basically, every kill has some 3D element. Not always well-deserved. No. And it's just, it's just a lot. And I get it. Like, that's how you need to make a film like this be, especially, like, back in the 80s, and it was pretty fresh. Because, like, it's for the gimmick, 100%. Oh, yeah. But it makes everything look goofy yeah, and hard to take serious. It's a bit ridiculous. With that being said, there's a really, really big issue with the 3D in this film, and that's how it affects the acting and the horror. And this is stuff I just know, like, specifically, but I think you were picking up on that, like, there's some issues with the acting stuff, and also, it's not very scary, because, no. like, the horror stuff kind of makes it gimmicky. Mm-hmm. But, like, two ways I know the 3D technology really affected its stuff. First of all, lighting. Oh. Those 3D cameras need a lot of light. Yeah. And so this film is super, super bright. Yeah. There is, like, no darkness in this film at all. There's, like, one good dark scene. And... From a certain perspective of, like, you know, if you're watching this on a modern TV, which is, like, OLED or something like that, that has brightness issues, you're going to be able to see, which is great, because, like, part two had some scenes that were really dark, Mm -hmm. and so if you weren't watching in total blackness, it was hard to see them. This film doesn't have that issue, which is great, except none of the scenes have tension at all, because everything's so bright. Like, even the scenes that are set at night are, like, bright, bright. Oh, yeah. Like... All the characters are perfectly illuminated and everything, and that's that's because of camera technology. Um, and I think that's a real real takeaway mm-hmm. on some of the atmospheric stuff. But the other thing that uh, 3D really f- fucked up, fucked up the strong word, that really affected stuff was, like, the acting and some of the props. Yeah. For, like, s- practical effects stuff, so including kills. Basically, getting 3D takes, especially with, like, how this camera was back in the day, technology being new, was very hard. And so most takes had to be done over and over and over again. Because, like, you had to to get the 3D effect right, you had to super specifically, like, hit the camera lens very, very close mm-hmm. um, while doing these things without trying to make the thing look like you're super obviously trying to hit the camera and so, you know, A, that meant scenes had to be planned around being shot over and over and over again. But also, your actors get so, so done. 
with doing something over and over again. And it, it gets to the point where the actors are basically at the point of doesn't matter if I act this well. What matters if I is if I do the 3D. Yep. And so I think one of the really early ones I want to note is one of the characters in the cold open. He's the guy who runs the sh- like the the little Mark Harold Harold who Bob really liked. He's, he's, I didn't like Harold. He's pretty goofy though. Like he runs this mart, and he, his biggest <laughs> characterization is he's very hungry and he eats everything. It's true <laughs> that he just sees in his own store, but then he puts it back half eaten, which is really weird. Assumedly to continue the sale, he like opens a jug of orange juice and takes like a big gulp out of it and then puts it back on the shelf. Like he eats some fish food. He eats some, well, that is a whole separate thing. But he likes bunnies. He's good with bunnies. Yeah, he, the rabbit's nice. Anyways, there's like. First, like, super 3D thing in the movie is he picks up a pole and just egregiously shoves it in the camera. There's no reason for him to do this. No. Which already, like, makes the acting not look great. But, like, if you're paying attention, he just straight up looks at the camera. Yeah. Because after so many takes, the actor just went, fuck it. Not doing this anymore. I'm going to aim it. Yeah. Uh, And that's a common thing you start to see in this movie of just actors looking directly at the camera because they're just like, I've done this so many times trying to look natural. I just got to, I'm done. Here you go. I noticed it when uh, there's a scene where I think Chuck hands a joint to someone or passes a joint and he passes it like at the camera in 3D. It's like, ooh, 3D weed. It's just really egregious. It's so bad. But I want to say besides like the acting and stuff like that that really takes a hit from that 3D stuff, um, one of the things that was, I think, hard to work around is – Fitting in like practical effects and gags. Yeah, man. There's basically a bunch of a hey, super egregious gags that don't need to be in this movie. Mm-hmm. The worst is the yo-yo. Oh my god! There is just a nonsense scene of handstand man just doing the yo-yo at the camera, um, and it's not even a good-looking yo-yo scene. He's just kind of no, dropping he's it, just taking a yo-yo up and down. And it's just like this doesn't need to be in the movie. This is bad. This would never make it in a film if this was. Not 3D. Not 3D. And even if it was slightly less egregious, it wouldn't have put been put in. But yeah. it is. And so stuff like that's just very frustrating. Because mm-hmm. it stands out like a sore thumb. It feels like a really bad gag in a comic strip. Just because this whole film seems kind of cartoony. Especially that's when fair. you're not like... If you were watching this in 3D, I feel like there would be a sense more of like reality. Mm-hmm. Because it, it would look slightly more normal. Yeah. But with the way pr- perspective, like, turns out when it's in 2D, it just looks cartoony. It looks weird. Like, again, I, I say the cartoon thing or, like, a comic strip because it looks like someone's drawn something like it's 3D where it has the weird dimension stuff. But, yeah, um, last but not least, I just want to mention the fact that, like, because things had to be shot so often, certain effects need to be able to be quickly reproduced mm-hmm. uh, over and over and again, over and again because, like, uh, and I think this is very noteworthy with, like, kills. Yeah, Because, like, if the kill wasn't shot right, you wouldn't have gotten the 3D effect on it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to mime something here for Bob, and so he's going to probably start laughing. So beware three-dimensional gag on our, what, zero-dimensional podcast. <laughs> um, One-dimensional? It sounds not a dimension, but the, still. The kill with the... Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, Bob's got it. That one had to be reproducible, which is kind of impressive from a technical standpoint. Yeah. But it made it not look great. No, it's not great. It could have looked so much better. Like, 
the the body replacement in that mm-hmm. scene. For anyone who's wondering, it's essentially the last kill in the movie. Yeah, I think it basically is the last one. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, kind of, but yes. Yeah, the body part that we get to see in that scene looks very fake, and that's because it had to be, like, collapsible. Oh, that makes sense. That it totally explains how that works then. That makes sense. Okay. So you could do it over and over again? Yeah. And so you could get the effect flying at the camera, mm-hmm. but the thing that flies at the camera is also on a wire that you could very clearly see. Yeah, it doesn't look awesome. It doesn't look great. It, it looks very goofy. It also, like, while we're talking about 3D ruining kills, there's one kill that is so cool if they didn't have to do the 3D bullshit. Which one is it? Oh, yeah. That one is so good if it just plays out like normal, because it's so fucking cool, like, brutal. The 3D effect, they had to do it, like, super slow and weird, and it looks funny. It's, um... It's not great. I'll put it this way. It's a, it's a ranged kill. Yeah. And it... The 3D effect ruins it, the swiftness of the murder. It looks like... Something you'd see in a bad archery cartoon. Yes. It's ridiculous. And that's like one of my big issues with the 3D is like it ruins the thing you come to watch a slasher for. Yeah. Is the kills. And it's like, well, these kills have been ruined because you're trying to do this dumb 3D gag. With that being said, once again, uh, this film does creative kills. Yeah, they're good. I like them. And that's always great. Once again, I think my big problem with the first movie was how uncreative those kills were. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're starting to see it now? A little bit. Yeah. Um, and these ones are cool. They're creative. You don't necessarily expect them. And so that's kind of like the fun part for the audience, especially when like it's kind of a bog standard premise. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it is just like your basic slasher it's set in like a campground makes the kills. The fact that they're more creative helps a ton. Yeah. It's like we haven't really talked about it. A lot of the characters in this movie don't have great characterization. They're not that likable and or interesting. So the kills really make up for a lot of that. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's kind of one of the few benefits of having such like a bog standard like premise and like not great characterization is it acts as like the serving tray for the kills as the Mater D of Jason plates them up for you and like pulls the <laughs> you know, pulls the, the cloche off. Yeah, how the fuck did you know the name of that, Bob? <laughs> Uh, I took two years of culinary classes. <laughs> okay, fair enough. For anyone who doesn't know, it's that silver dome thing they put over the dish. Yep. All right. But yeah, I mean, I think the the kills really stand out in this film because it's such a, a bog standard thing. Because they're creative. They they don't necessarily look the best. No. And a lot of the 3D effect takes away from what is there to begin with because of how it's funkily shot or mm-hmm. just looks. But they're creative and they're fun. And... And the, the turn, which makes them better than the second film, I think, is that we actually get to see him this time. Yeah, it helps a lot. So, it helps so much. Yeah. It's basically what I wanted from the second film with getting to see them. Um, with I'm all, telling you. All the creativity there. If I watched, if I could watch a unrated cut of the second film, I'd probably love that film so much more. I know, and I think you get to see that in this film because mm-hmm. you get to see what creative kills look like on camera. Yep. Okay. Um. Aside from that... The only thing I else I want to mention is two characters. <laughs> I mean, we'll get to the spoiler section and we'll do stuff there because I do have stuff to talk about there. Yeah, I have, we have something we need to explicitly let the audience know. Yeah, but before we get to that, I do want to mention that well, none of the characters are great. No. I mean, even our main like couple, the final girl and the love interest, are they're fine. They're fine, but they're kind of boring. They're boring, and also, so spoilers for two, I guess, for Halloween, Halloween Jesus Christ, Friday the 13th Part 2, you know, they do. They did the thing we talked about in the intro, where like 
the main, the final girl and her lover interest go off, and people start dying while they're gone. Yeah. At least in two, we got to see them do some stuff, like, while they were away. That made sense. it was interesting, and it made sense, and, like, they were, they were characterized well, and I didn't hate them. In this, they literally fuck off for 45 minutes, and you don't see them, like, at all. Like, it's, in the second film, the characters leave the camp. Yeah. For reasons that make sense in the story. Mm Mm-hmm. Both from, like, a in-universe standpoint and from, like, progressing the plot standpoint. And, like, stuff happens from them leaving the camp that probably couldn't have happened otherwise. Yeah. Um. In this film, it's just, like, they fucked off. For no reason. They're just gone. And we don't even really get to see big scenes about them that matter while they're gone. No, it's and just it makes, like, like oh. the whole Final Girl circuit, like, <gasps> boring as hell. There was one time where we flash back to them coming back. Like, oh, my God. We had been on the people dying at camp or at the cabin. And we see them slowly walking back. And Bob was like, wait a second. They've been gone for like 30 minutes. They were gone for so long. It was, it's egregious in this film. Um, so, yeah, not a lot of great like couples in the film. No. Um, some are better than others. Sure. However, I think the best one is uh, what? Chuck and Jilly? Chuck and Jilly are awesome. Uh, they're great. And Bob might have a bias. Uh, can't imagine why. But, <laughs> yeah, they're pretty great. I, I think they're funny. They don't have like the most characterization ever, and I think that's kind of because they're just, like, very stereotypical stoner characters. Yeah, but at least, like, I enjoy them. But they're fun because they're stereotypical stoner characters, and they also have just a little bit of an extra dynamic to them that I think is sorely lacking in a couple of the other couples. Mm -hmm. Um, Very specifically, it's this funny, like, flip of gender roles where Chuck is, like, a scaredy cat. Yeah. And Chitley's just kind of the really brave one. So it's like, man up, Chuck. Yeah. I'll protect you. It's really, really good and really funny. Yeah. Additionally, I think the only other character I really want to mention that gets, like, good characterization. Well, I guess there's two. Uh, one that Bob specifically doesn't like. But they, they again, have the uh, goofball character in this film. Mm. Shelly. Bob didn't like Shelly. He doesn't have that likability to him that Ted has. No, it's a Ned situation. Uh, he's better than Ned, though. He's better than Ned. But that's not hard. That's not, yeah, Ned, Ned sucked. But, like, the other one that's pretty decent is Vera. Yeah. I think Vera had a surprising amount of depth to her, mm-hmm. which was just kind of interesting to see. Yeah, because I wasn't expecting it. No, because she she's, just... like, the most minor character in this film. Exactly. So, that was cool. All right, Jetty, we'll do the spoiler section. Can we talk about one thing before we go to spoilers? I'm sorry. Fine. Well, no, it's just something that we should include. Fine, do before it. Before we do spoil the music. Oh yeah, the music's in it. It's pretty good. I like this music more than in the second film, but I mean, not as much as the first one. It's kind of the same music. They're just using different parts of it at different times. Yeah, I think the music usage here is a lot better. The only thing that I will really say is different is the version of the Friday the Thirteenth theme they use in the opening is just like Cindy and mm-hmm. Bob's a slut for synths. So. Yep. You that's know. that's it. That's I just that's I it. Like that's it. why he's saying this. I like the music better. In this I do. One. I just enjoy the synth. It's solely because of the opening. Although I will say, opening's the coolest opening in any of the Friday the Thirteenth films. It's pretty cool because um, pretty rad. It's three D. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> no, like okay, so I like the music in the first one because they use it subtly and it's a lot. It's a lot more minor and it's, it's mature. It's more potent when they use it. 
Two, I don't like it as much because it's the same music, but they use it more often, and it doesn't feel as important. In this, they updated the theme and made it different enough to where it doesn't it doesn't feel like it needs to be potent and important, right? Yeah. So I just I think the use of it is better here. Fair enough. It feels more I don't know, score esque and less like theme. Yeah, I guess. If that makes sense, I don't know. Okay. They also use the Oh yeah, that's back. Which I still like. I a it's growing on me. A honestly. lot more. Which is nice, because I love it. I love it too. But also they, they in the last film they basically only used it when Michael was there. And in this film Yeah, Jason. You said Michael. I'm sorry, Bob said Michael we, a shit ton during the recording. I no, don't we me. It was you. <laughs> you kept saying Michael. You kept saying it the whole time. Well, cause I'm gonna be honest. I maybe spoilers. Jason does some Michael esque stuff in this film. Where nah. I went, he just Michael'd Michael it up right there. Michael does some Jason-esque stuff. Michael comes before Jason! Yeah, but Jason did it better. You said that, too, and I don't believe you. At all. Does it better. Maybe later. At you this know why? Point, no. Kane Hodder. <laughs> <sighs> okay, Kane Hodder's pretty great. Yeah. Oh, we haven't done... Hold on. Before we go to the that, we should do the guessing game. I know. Because I don't know who this is. Are you going to guess Kane Hodder? <laughs> Kane Hodder's a good guess, but I don't think so. Not yet. I don't know when Kane Hodder started doing stuff, so I don't know when to start guessing Kane Hodder, right? Whenever. I'm surprised you haven't guessed for every movie. No, because that's like, that, see, that's like cheating. I'm like guaranteeing I'm going to get it right eventually. <laughs> it's like choosing D on every answer. Exactly. Because um, it's eventually going to be him. Uh, what if I lied to you this whole time? What if he never plays Jason ever? <laughs> I know that's just not true. I'm like aware that that is not <laughs> know, true. What if this was a long running like ruse? That would be insane. Uh, I want to guess Dick Warlock because we're at what, 1982? Yeah. Which is, you know, Dick Warlock's coming off of Halloween Halloween 2 and also uh, Halloween 3. But I don't think it's Dick Warlock because uh, Dick Warlock's not that big. If that makes sense. Fair enough. What is the name of, whoa, who was it? George? The, the Michael from Halloween 5. I'll guess him. No. Okay. Who is it? It is Richard Brooker. No, oh, I don't know who that is. Cool. He played Ogress and Deathstalker. That sounds cool. Cool name. Cool it's name. got one of those covers that looks like the classic, like, barbarian kind of comic book thing. Oh, that's awesome. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly okay. what you're talking about. They use it on, like, Conan and stuff. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> this is going to be, uh, Grognak the Barbarian from Fallout. Like, those classic <laughs> Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, no one knows what I'm talking or about. Or, like, um, just, like, classic fantasy stuff. The Angel from uh, Terrifier 2. Oh, yeah, that too. That art style. That, yeah. That's a better example I for the audience. The movie. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to go to the spoiler section now because we have very very <laughs> specifically something to talk about. Yeah. We'll, uh, um, we'll So we'll be back in like a second because this will not be very long. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is future Bob coming at you to let you know that if you do not want any major spoilers for this film, please skip to one hour, five minutes and 59 seconds immediately. Once again, that's one hour, five minutes and 59 seconds immediately. Okay. All right. So, straight off the back, heavy spoiler here. Yep. Heavy, heavy, heavy spoiler here. Heavy spoilers, so, guys. fair warning, right? Yeah. Hope you've seen the movie now. All right. So, Jason gets his mask in this one. Yeah, and it's ridiculous. The way that he receives it. So, no. The way he receives it makes sense. Okay, no. It's, Bob's, I'm angry at the way in, I'm Bob's mad about gripe it. is who he gets it from. Yes. Shelly, the whole movie, is like a goofball prankster. We've discussed that. 
But he really likes doing the shitty pranks where he pretends he's dead to his friends. Yeah. Which obviously comes back to haunt him because when he actually dies, no one cares. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, Shelly's pranking me. And it's like, no, he's dead, bro. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> yeah. But long story short, Shelly has his bag of tricks. And his bag of tricks, I think, is more of a box. It's like a briefcase. And one of the things he has in there, besides a full-length spear gun that works. It must have been foldable or something. I don't I know no how idea. he got it there. Is a... Hockey mask, because, surprise, for anyone who hasn't watched the films, up until this point, Jason doesn't have a hockey mask. No, he doesn't. In fact, through two-thirds of this film, Jason doesn't have a mask at all. Yeah, it's just him walking around with his face out. They just don't show his face. Yeah. They show, like, his head a little bit. They show his bald head. But that's you about don't it. really see it, because, again, spoilers for the last film, and that one, he wears a pillowcase kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think they decided that mask wasn't, like, super great. It's not iconic at and all, so really. They, we're looking for something a little bit more, I think less, I think the issue isn't iconic, it's just less imposing. Sure. They want to say something more imposing. Well, I was thinking more like, it, it just isn't like, was, it's too generic, it's just like, oh, sack on yeah. head. Yeah. Which is like the Leatherface thing, right? Doesn't Leatherface have a sack on his head too? I'm not going to answer that. But I don't know, I'm asking. I know, that's why I'm not going to answer it. Okay. I'm going to watch this eventually. We are. Cannibals. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, I looked away from the mic when I did it. Shelly brings his hockey mask with them, and obviously when Shelly kicks the bucket, Jason manages to steal it. And, you know, from this point on, he has the hockey mask in the franchise. Like, the most iconic thing about this character. And interestingly enough, he didn't get it until the third movie, which is so bizarre. It's weird, right? Like, Michael starts with the mask. That's how most people think about him. Yeah. And, you know, in this one, Jason doesn't have it. Until the third film. It's very strange. That's how everyone thinks about him. No, it's... His face changes in every film. And I just want to mention right now, his face looks decent in this one. Yeah. I think it's the best Jason face so far. Mm Mm-hmm. It's also cool because this is the first time we get, like, a full big reveal of it, too. Yeah. Well, we got a big reveal in the second film. Yeah, but it's in, like, only in that little bit at the end. That's a dream sequence. Yeah, and this we actually get to see it for real, for real. Same thing for the first film, too. Like, the Jason face we see in that one's also a dream sequence. Mm -hmm. I think that one looks good, uh, but it's the Tom Savini. Because it's Tom Savini, but it's, like, also just different. Yeah. So, yeah, that. And then the second thing I want to talk about is the final ghost joke in this one. It's really, really long. It's super long. Really, really boring. Super boring think we only see two bodies in it yeah oh there's something else i want to talk about in the spoiler section thank god you just reminded me keep going i, know, Sorry. I was about to bring it up oh okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> how do you know what we're talking about oh really okay really you want me to take a guess sure you're going to talk about how this film's basically the first film yep yep there it is ha huh. all right anyways the final girl second in this one's really you're boring oh so angry but you yeah i have this train and i'm 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 going up the hill I'm like, the little train that could, and I'm like, I think I can, I think I can. And then Bob comes in, he's like, fuck you, and he's like the, the kid that kicks over the train. How small are your trains? Well, it's like a toy train. Okay, like okay, 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 All okay, right, okay. Yeah. Anyways, the final girl circuit's really boring, right? And I think that's because we don't really see any kills during it. Uh, the final girl, who Chris, just telling you right now, because heavy spoilers, obviously. She does a really, really long run, like really, really it's long, really long. Um, which is, I think, kind of an issue. But she only finds like two and a half dead bodies. I'm trying to count on my no, fingers. No, three and a half, three and a half. Loco, yeah, Rick, Rick. What's that girl's name? Oh, uh, the pregnant one. Yeah, don't remember. <laughs> three and a half. Anyways, oh, Ali too. 
I guess. But she doesn't really find that. It just happens. Ollie's more of an, an obstacle. <laughs> Anyways, long story short, th- not a lot happens during that run. And obviously the final girl circuit kind of ends when like the fight happens. Mm-hmm. But it's just not like an interesting final girl circuit. No. It's probably the weakest in the whole franchise. Which is saying something because the one in the first film is so slow and kind of boring. Yeah. But, but that one has a benefit. But I think there's a reason that this Final Girl Circuit is, it feels like so low energy. And that's because there's a pseudo Final Girl Circuit right before this that's just great with Chili. Oh, yeah. I uh, Yeah. Chili essentially has her own Final Girl Circuit where she um she finds Chili's body. Yeah. And then she runs around a little bit. And I just want to mention, it's my favorite part of this entire movie <laughs> because... <laughs> The way Chili behaves, it's pretty ridiculous. Is ridiculous. the The acting there is just not not great, and I feel bad like harping on the actor uh, Rachel Howard because I I do love it. I love that scene so much because she's just so she seems so like not afraid, even though she's shouting things that a sound scared. afraid. Yeah, which I mean, I I guess you could explain away as the character being both very very high and in shock, which are probably true things, but. It the the scene starts by going, oh my god, Shelly's dead! Oh my god! And then he just keeps screaming, oh my god! While slowly walking around the house, and and instead of there's a spiral staircase in the the middle of this cabin, which is really cool by the way, but instead of like running up it like she, she would be, she, she like slowly walks. walks up it, walks into a room, walks out, and is still just going. Oh my she god! She doesn't even find any bodies up there. She just looks <laughs> around like, "Oh no!" <laughs> it's preposterous. Yeah, a uh, lot of fun. All right, I already mentioned that at this point to uh, prove a point to Bob. Yeah, fuck you, Bob. <laughs> You're so angry this episode. <laughs> You're such an angry camper. I wanted to go home. <laughs> I mean, fair. No, it, no, that was my that was my like I'm an angry camper uh, reference. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could buy it. Yeah, yeah. A little big to be a, a, a camper. Uh, <laughs> no, so this film, I think Bob raised a good point during the movie that it's very similar to the first movie. I mean, obviously, there's the structure stuff, but, like, very specifically from a um, a kills aspect. A kills aspect into reveals aspect. It's very similar. And I think it's it's nowhere more obvious in one of the kills during the final girl circuit. In fact, a number of the kills during the final girl circuit Maybe all three of them. Because the first one is a guy flips down from a tree. Which happened in the first movie. Which happened in the first movie. The second one is someone's thrown through a window. Which is explicitly from the first film. Yes. And then the third one is there's someone in a closet that's revealed and then falls over. Mm-hmm. And that also happens in the first movie. And, I mean, I think the thing to take away here is that, like, while a lot of the stuff ha- that happens in this film, especially kills, feel kind of mirrored towards mm-hmm. the first film which A is probably like an homage thing, but also because it fits the genre really well. I mean, yeah, but homage in only the third movie? Like, come on. Well, they did some homages in the second one. I but also, it's pretty lazy. Yeah, that's my point. And this isn't like the greatest film ever written, so it it's whatever. But I, I do think it's important, though, that this film does them really well. I think it's just because of like some practice with the format, but also some pacing things. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the the person getting through through the window is so much more effective in this film. That's fair. Than the first one. No, that's completely fair. In part, because the person who threw, flew through the window in the first film 
seemed like they shouldn't have been dead mm-hmm. because they died off screen. And then the focus wasn't how they looked after their death, so they didn't no. look great. But in this film, the person who flies through the screen, we got to see die in a good way. And, and they explicitly have those wounds and look like they got killed in that way. And while they don't look great no. because they're like very easy done touch-ups to make them look like that kill, it doesn't matter because you got to see the kill. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else you want to mention in this section? Do we want to talk about the awful way this film ends? Because I don't like it. Yeah. If you know explicit, like, because, like, look, spoilers for the first two films here. They both end with uh, dream sequences. Dream sequences, and do they do the same thing in this one? Except this one is completely choreographed and really terrible. Yeah. In comparison. Also, I want to say this. Uh, it's the same dream sequence. Mm-hmm. Like, it's quite literally the same gag. From the first film. Now three times in a row. Yeah. And it's not good. It's not good. A- in fact, this gag is almost, it's like scene for scene almost identical to the first film. Yep. One. There is one difference. Yeah. And it's literally one. A very shitty difference. Yeah. It's a pretty garbage tier difference. Because also, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> well, it didn't make sense in the first one It either. didn't make sense in the first one. But, like, there's a reason she had that specific dream, right? In this one, she doesn't know who the fuck that is. Nope. Like, she has no context for any of that, and it's kind of horseshit. Yeah. It's also, I just want to mention this. We get to see the lake a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> it is not a lake. It is more no. of a pond. It is a pond. And that is because, like I said, this isn't shot, uh, like, on location. This is in, like, California now. Uh, and the pond is, like, from what I know, like a man-made pond. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looks like a bog because it's yep. basically they filled a hole with water and it got super scummy and gross. It looks like a muddy fucking mess that no one would ever want to swim in. Oh, but someone had to swim in it. Yeah. And poor, poor them. Because that yeah. must have been filled with so many insects, like mm-hmm. mosquito larvae and probably leeches. Ugh, gross. Okay. Anything Anything else? For the spoiler section? Oh, I mean to say about the movie because we're going to leave this section and go straight to reviews. Yeah. I mean, we already talked about how 3D kind of ruined some kills, but I don't really need want to go into more detail about that. But, yeah. you know, it did. <laughs> all right. All right. We're going to we're going to leave. Hey. All right. We're back for those of you who left and for those of you few who stayed. Welcome back. It's great to see you again. All right. I guess we're going to go straight to uh reviews, but first let's do recommendations. Bob this one is, like, we've already said this. This is a very uh, mid-movie in general. But I do think I could, rec- first of all, a big recommendation. If you're watching the whole series, watch the third one. It's part three. Yeah. It has some iconic Jason things that happen throughout. So that's nice and cool. My other one, it is pretty much a bog-standard camp slasher. So if that is something you like and you haven't seen this one, check it out. It does everything you want in a camp slasher film. It's kind of nice. Honestly, I don't know if I have any other recommendations. Because, like like I just said, it's pretty bog standard. So there's not a lot to really recommend it for other than the basis, like what makes up what makes it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Uh, I guess it's my turn then. Uh, like Bob said, the big ones, if you're a fan of the Friday the 13th, like the series, especially if you're watching it through, you should watch this one. It's important for the series. And it also you know, features all the things you'd want from a slasher. Um, even if it's like pretty generic. So I'd recommend it if you're looking for like one of those. However, my big recommendation for this uh, that isn't like, you know, go watch Friday the 13th uh, is if you want to see like an 80s kind of 3D movie, mm. this is great. Like, you're not going to take it seriously. 
No. And it's not going to be scary, but it, it fits in that same realm as, like, Jaws 3D. Sure. Where it's just kind of goofy. It's 3D. It's a horror movie. You know what you're getting into. But, like, if that's what you want, it's kind of a fun watch, especially if you're doing it with, like, friends. I can imagine having a good time just making fun of it. Oh, for sure. And, I mean, we did. Yeah. But, like, the more the merrier, you know? Fair enough. Uh, on that note, rate it, Bob. Look, what did I give the last one? I don't remember. Three and a half or something? I gave the first one a four and a half or some some crap? Something egregiously large. Well, I like the first one is my favorite one so far, and I'm standing by that because I just like the style of that film. But I've said it about four billion times this episode. It's pretty standard. The 3D stuff does take away because because we didn't watch it in 3D, and also it just adds some goofy elements that I'm not like I like a good goofy scary movie, but you can tell they weren't trying to make it goofy. They wanted it to be 3D and serious, which doesn't work because the 3D elements are too ridiculous. Yeah, like even if they were in 3D. Yeah, I mean, like the yo-yo thing is just like what in the it would have been slightly more balanced, but still. Yeah. And there's nothing in this film that I went, oh, wow, that's really awesome. It's like, it's pretty mediocre. But, I mean, it's not it's not bad in any way whatsoever. Hmm, I'm in a pickle. I'm really in a pickle with this one because, like, I don't really know how to, f- I know how I feel, but I don't know how that would rate. I think, I think it does the slasher elements enough and the kills are fine enough. Even with the egregious 3D bullshit, I can give it a three. All right. I think that's pretty fair. All right, for me, two and a half. That's wh- I almost gave it a two and a half because, like, look, it's it's a pretty all right movie, and I mean, th- I mean, I think overall I give it like a three, but the three D I think really kills it for me. Yeah, it's really what takes away a rating because, like, even if this film was intended to be three D and that's like the intent behind everything, it really just fucks up most of the the film and makes it worse. Just like the acting, some of the the lighting. Hell, even the actors are, like, just kind of done <laughs> with it uh, at certain times. I mean, I think for all intents and purposes, I might give it a two. But because, like, it was intentional. And, I mean, I think being gimmicky is what this film is intended to be. I think I really do have to give it a 2.5. Because it did succeed, just at great expense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I think that's really all I have to say. Because overall, besides the 3D stuff, well, it is kind of generic, I think it's pretty decent. Yeah. Like, it does a lot of things well, I think, because it's had time to polish the formula. <laughs> I mean, it's like a polished version of the first film. And while that's not like a four-worthy, it might be a three or a 3.5. But again, the, the 3D really takes away from a lot, even if it was intentional. So I'm mm-hmm. going to give it a 2.5. Yeah, I, I I was really stuck between a 2.5 and, and a 3. But I think, yeah. I think giving it a three is fair, mostly because of everything you just said. Like, No, that's 100% fair, and I, I was kind of borderline because I'm like, it did succeed the goals it wanted to be because it's super cheesy, yeah. like egregious 3D, but then I'm like, but it also messed up other things. So, No, yeah, that's completely fair. All right, we're going to go to the outtakes. Yeah, we'll uh, see you guys in a minute. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the outtake section for this episode of Beware the Board. I hope you're enjoying our review of Friday the 13th Part 3 so far. This movie is incredibly funny and ridiculous, but if you do not want any spoilers from this outtake section, please skip to 1 hour, 16 minutes, and 18 seconds immediately. This first clip is me realizing I might have misplaced some of my excitement about this whole 3D nonsense. (laughs) 
hated that. <laughs> Are you starting to realize maybe you shouldn't be as excited as you were about the 3D? This next clip is Ben making a terrible, terrible joke. Oh, come on! Why am I watching this guy take a shit? What is he about to wipe with? It's not toilet cherry. He's he's got toilet liquor, bro. Uh, I believe that's Jack Daniels. Toilet Jack. He's jacking in the in the toilet. Shut up. <laughs> they even wipe. He's got a dirty ass. I'm sorry, but if I hear like a mysterious noise outside my bathroom while I'm taking a shit, I'm gonna wipe my ass before I stand up to investigate. Even if it's like a serial killer. Yes. Because I wouldn't want to be found dead with a dirty ass. Well, no, Bob, you're going to shit your pants when you die anyways. I don't care. Well, you're going to have a dirty ass no matter what. No. Yeah. Because you're going to shit your pants when you die. Nope. You can't just deny science. I can deny science all I want. Yeah, you can. The earth is flat. (laughs) We just can't include (laughs) this clip now. Why? (laughs) Why? Because there's a large proportion of flat earthers. That watch our show? I don't know. Maybe. We all know the Earth's not fucking flat, Ben. They're going to get mad at you. That's fine. They can be mad all they want. This next clip is Ben being really excited about the cold open kill and its 3D effects. It's just a rat. A 3D rat! Oh. Oh. Oh, there she got the sewing needle. Whoa, 3D! Yeah. That was actually kind of... It was through the back of her neck. Whoa! Jesus Christ. This next clip is why you should always wipe. He really thought his dump was so heavy that it shook the outhouse. This guy's gonna die with a dirty ass, too! No, he wasn't talking literally about the shit. He was talking about the weed, Bob. Oh. That makes sense. (laughs) Um... This okay. I don't even think he started pooping yet. He probably looked like he almost said no. Up. He just pulled his pants down, and then started smoking a blunt. This next clip is me being angry about where Jason's hockey mask comes from. Is this is this gonna start that weird Jason trope where he's like, can swim super fast underwater and pull people under? Oh, <gasps> is this where he gets it? No way. He's gonna get from Shelly's stupid fucking costume kits. That's such a dumb place for that to come from. <laughs> That's so stupid, bro. Because <laughs> now it means Shelly's necessary, and that makes me angry. This next clip is our reaction to Jason donning the mask for the very first time, and also probably my favorite kill in the entire film. There he is. First time wearing the mask. It's pretty cool, man. Oh, is she going to get... Oh, no. Well, I guess I assume that Shelly's... Di- Let's go! Shoot it with the spear gun! Is it going to be... 3D? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Oh, actually, that's a good effect, though. That was a good eyeball shot. That was cool. The 3D part was a little goofy, but that was a good kill. Otherwise... This next clip is a lot. It's our reaction to a cold horror Easter egg, a kill, some dumb movie antics, and some really, really stupid 3D shenanigans. Including, I think, a Fangoria. It is a Fangoria. Tom Savini. Yeah, 25 years with Godzilla. That's actually really cool. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, I know. Godzilla's like 60 now. No, that's not what I'm talking about, Ben. I don't <laughs> care about the Godzilla thing. Oh! That was a cool one! That was a good one. Hammock-related accident. Not accident. Hammock-related murder. But that was sick. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. <laughs> we have not seen them in like 45 minutes. Nope. But you know who's still alive? What are they? Making popcorn. 3D popcorn. 3D popcorn, my favorite kind. Yeah, because that's the only reason you do this the way he did. Where you take <laughs> off the lid as it's popping. You just let it go everywhere. Hi, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the outtakes. Do we have any announcements, Ben? Yes, but before that, I do want to mention two things. Okay. Uh, first of all, I've heard, and I think this is true, but, like, because I was kind of paying attention during the film, but not, like, super attention. But it, I'm enough where I'm, like, confident in saying this. Okay. Apparently, they don't say Jason in this film. Like, they don't say his name in this film. Well, they would have no reason to know his name. Well, except that it's apparently a big legend around Camp Crystal Lake, according to the second movie. Yeah, but these kids are maybe from out of town? Not two of them, potentially. Two of them would yeah, have known. Yeah, that's fair. Point being is, I don't think they say Jason's name in the entire film. I hadn't so noticed it. That's kind of weird. That is weird. Like, a lot. Because this might be the only film where they do that. Hmm. It didn't feel out of place, though. No. Because like, it's, like, not it, explicit. It doesn't like stand out like oh my god they didn't say Jason but it's just it's weird no that's a totally valid thing that it is weird because it's just it's like a bit strange the main character's name essentially mm. and it wasn't mentioned not even in passing especially with how egregious some of these films are for like Jason this Jason that yeah but the other thing I want to mention is I've been to a horror festival before and they had like like a movie screening thing mm -hmm. during which I got to watch this movie this was the one you watched? Yeah, I watched this film with a bunch <laughs> of other horror fans. Uh, and actually, like, a, a bunch of cast members were there, and they did a Q&A before and after. That's pretty cool. And I, I will say, cheesy movie, and not necessarily a great way, but a lot of fun to watch with a bunch of people who are into that and know. Especially people who have seen the kills before. Yeah. And get to go, there it is. Ah! <laughs> So, yeah, I, I just wanted to mention that. That's pretty cool. All right, as far as announcements go, obviously, every Friday we're doing our normal episodes. Um, but also, we're doing this series right now. So, this episode is coming out today, Saturday. And uh, the next episode, the fourth Friday the 13th movie, will be coming out Wednesday, correct? Yes. All right. Aside from that, uh, we're in our usual places. So, that's wherever you get your podcasts. You're probably listening to there right now. So, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, other places. Uh, we're also on YouTube, which I think is a weirder place for some people uh, to realize that we're watch like we're available to watch. That service is really good if you want to show us some like support in the form of like subscriptions or uh, likes, because um, we can see that and that's always really nice. But the really big thing with YouTube is it's one of the two places to communicate with us. You can either do that through the comment section on YouTube or. You can uh, tweet at Bob on the Twitter account because he runs that. You can be like, oh, my God, Bob, <laughs> watch this horror movie. <laughs> uh, you know, he'll be, he'll be there for that. Oh, my God, I fucking hate you so much. That's so fucking funny. Like Ben just said, check us out on, look, I don't want to call it X, but that's what it's called now. Only on Apple. 
Is it only on Apple? I think so. I think mine's just Twitter. Okay, well then I'm saying Twitter still because I need Elon Musk to calm the fuck down with also, this stupid you can X just thing. Call it Twitter. Yeah, I'm gonna keep calling it Twitter. Because everyone just calls it Twitter. Everyone still calls it Twitter. Uh, check us out on Twitter at Beware the Board. It's where I post updates about the show, information no, it, about the show. It's changed to X now. There was a bit where it was just X on Apple. It's weird. I'm still gonna call it Twitter. I don't care. But yeah. On Mondays, I post a spoiler post for that Friday's episode, which is basically a hidden movie cover that you can reveal to see what it is so you can watch the movie before the episode comes out. And so whenever you listen to the episode, you don't get any spoilers or we're being really vague about stuff. You kind of know what we're talking about. Then on Fridays or whenever an episode goes live, I post a link to the episode. So if you ever miss an upload or wonder when something went up, it's all on our Twitter. Last thing, check us out on TikTok and YouTube Shorts at Beware the Board. It's where I post short-form content from the show. I cut old clips from old episodes. I go through and I rescope old footage for new content. So if you're into short-form content and enjoy the show, check us out there. Hopefully we'll have some more up soon. I know it's been a while. We've been really, really, really busy with this series and also convention prep. So I haven't had time. But I think that's the last thing. All right. See you guys later. Yeah. We'll uh, see you guys next time. <laughs>